Welcome to It's All Beer, the podcast that dives to the depths of the beer news with the reckless enthusiasm of a billionaire in a homemade submarine built of old car parts and obsolete video game equipment. I'm Jeremy Jones. Yes! <laughs> you the enjoyed? greatest name of that whole thing I saw was the, tit- the Titan pilot moments before the implosion leans forward with the controller like shit's about to get intense. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'd feel bad, but they're billionaires, and have, as I've said often on this podcast, uh, death to the rich people. Um, and so that's a few less, so we just need a few more. How you do? So, uh, how are you doing uh, today, Tyler? Ah, uh, you know, pretty good. I'm basically through like the hectic like gauntlet that is most of my travel for the month of July. So. Um, we are, yeah, so we're, we're, we're both supposed to be on, uh, summer break, but, uh, once again, for the second fucking year in a row, by the way, Sapporo, Fuck Sapporo. <laughs> has gone and ruined our vacation. Uh, and so, and has done so in a way that makes us, makes it irresponsible for us to wait till September to talk about it. Before we do talk about it, uh, let's take a pause uh, and talk about what we're drinking. I'm drinking what was happened to be in my refrigerator, uh, which was a sockeye cerveza con lima that I uh, took up boating with me uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, and that's what I happened to have in the refrigerator. And it seemed like a, a, a nice beer for uh, uh, for the this blistering hot weather, especially in a house with no fucking air conditioning. My air conditioning went off. Uh, a couple days ago, and uh, right now I'm sitting in Easy Bake for your entertainment pleasure. You should really get that fixed. <laughs> well, a guy's coming tomorrow, but it turns out that when your air conditioning goes out during the ho- other people during do. the hottest part of summer, they're a little busy because <laughs> you're not the only one. I was shocked too. That's why you need a friend who does HVAC work. (laughs) (laughs) That friend is probably busy and not sleeping either. And will say, yeah, I'll get to you when I'm, when I can, because there's people right now who will pay me a thousand dollars to show up tonight. You should pay him a thousand dollars to show up tonight. I do not have a thousand (laughs) dollars. What I, what I have is, is a, is is a, a shit ton of I got a working ice maker and you know a, a, and sweaty nipples. That's that's what I've got. I don't and know where the ice maker came from, but <laughs> I need a lot of ice these days to ice up my Ugh. nipples. My nipples Ugh. are my primary source of cooling. <laughs> Listen, Ugh. if you don't want the, if you don't want to hear about this, don't ask the questions, Tyler. What you are drinking something much more appropriate given the, the, the subject matter at hand. I am honoring the dead by drinking an Anchor Steam beer. Hold on. Let me get a... Let me get a... Even though I hate this fucking rebrand, the fucking <laughs> Twisted Tea-looking motherfucking cans. Well, but... I do want to talk about the rebrand. Uh, so so save that because there, I, I really do want to talk about the rebrand. Uh, in the in the process of this, but um, but yes, we have come back uh, for a special episode midsummer because last week, uh, Dave Infante and pretty much every other 
uh, media outlet on the planet reported that Anchor is going to close down and be sold off. The 127-year-old brewery has survived massive earthquakes, fires, two flu pandemics, two world wars, and looks set to be taken down by a force greater than all those put together, namely short-sighted corporate greed and general incompetence. Also, that's one hell of a way to bust a union. Which, which is fitting because I feel like that's what's going to finally kill humanity as well. I mean, uh, the direct cause is likely to be the de- degradation of our biosphere, leading to the collapse of systems that made human life possible in the first place, or a sentient AI deciding to wipe out humanity on a whim. But when you look at the causes of those situations, you're going to arrive right back at, say it with me, short-sighted corporate greed and general incompetence. It is truly a great time to be alive. Capitalism. <laughs> Uh, but before we get into the depths of the story, um, I thought it was it was before we get too much further, it was worth talking about the history of Anchor Brewing because apart from being one of the first breweries to help uh, to help build the um, American craft revolution, it is in itself a microcosm of the story of American brewing. So it started way back in eighteen. 18- 96, when a couple of German immigrants brought, bought an old brewery in San Francisco that was built during the California Gold Rush, which is also why you're going to find competing ideas of how old this brewery is. Nor it's usually said at uh, it's set at 127. Uh, David Fontes has said 154, citing when it was actually f- when the brewery that these guys actually bought was first founded. Uh, but the answer is, in some form or another, this thing goes all the back, all the way back to the California Gold Rush. Mm-hmm. Um, they were producing way back when a kind of beer that would become a style in and of itself, um, the kind of style you were in fact drinking. And trademark. Um, it's one of a handfuls of beer styles that's truly American in origin, namely. Steam beer, or as it's referred to in the BJCP because of trademark, the California Common. Um, Steam beer, so named because since there was no refrigeration, uh, the brewery used the naturally cool temperate temperature of San Francisco to manage their temperature. They would ferment, uh, open ferment and cool ships on the roof of the brewery. The wort would steam in the cool air, hence the name. Uh, They used lager yeast that became acclimated. Uh, at ale temperatures with a touch of wild fermentation, uh, what you have is, well, I, I don't know, you're drinking it. Describe it for us. Just very light. Uh, also, it had been a long time since I had gotten Anchor Steam, so I was like, just looking at the can, I was like, oh, 4.9%. I thought it was heavier. Nah, I wouldn't, I shouldn't think so, because I mean, even at 4.9, it's on the heavy road for, uh, for, for the American loggers at the time. True. But yeah, you, you get a little like caramel malty flavor coming through, very light, somewhat dry, a hint of complexity, but still very delicate. Um, you know, it's, it's typically a, I mean, what you're looking at is essentially a, a warm fermented amber lager is a short version of, of what a California common is. Um, uh, a, a nice dry lager, a touch of, a touch of caramel sweetness, but otherwise uh, uh, made to be uh, highly drinkable. Um, the weird thing is about that an- about Anchor is that while its history extends back to the Gold Rush, 
the story really, really starts with Fritz, Fritz Maytag in 1965. There's precious little information about what the brewery produced and how before that. I mean, it was, I mean, the story of, of Anchor previous to Fritz Maytag is kind of what a lot of tiny breweries all over the dot of the country all over went through. Um, they, they, they were, they were founded to serve the local community, uh, as kind of the source for, for beer in the area. Um, but as beer became consolidated, it became harder to compete. Prohibition wiped most of them out. In fact, uh, it's interesting that Wikipedia states there are no records about what the brewery did during prohibition. It, just survived it it was there it was like a cockroach you just can't get rid of uh <laughs> it's it was a local staple nobody that wouldn't go away no matter how many people begged it to go away um but anyway fritz at the time was a young man looking for a vision and uh, there's a story about him in uh, ambitious brew uh by uh, merlin ogle uh, that he was riding a cable car in San Francisco and he saw a man uh, carrying a blueprint and he said to himself, I wish I had a blueprint. Um, and what he found was Anchor Brewing, uh, which was on the verge of being closed down. And to quote Ambitious Brew, quote, most San Franciscans would have been surprised to learn that Steam Beer, maker of Anchor, was about to close, but only because they assumed the place had gone under years before. <laughs> it was currently under the ownership of a couple of dipshits. So it's kind of like Crooked Fence was for the longest time. <laughs> it's its history is not unlike uh, that local brewery. Yes, in that, oh, really? They, I, I thought they'd gone away a long time ago. Oh God, no! I don't want any of that. Um, it was curry on, it, it was on the uh, under the ownership of a couple of dipshits who uh, who in turn saved the brewery from insolvency back in 1959, and were hobbling the brewery along, making some truly terrible swill from reports. Um, I think that's part of the story of corporate the corporatization of beer that often gets overlooked. Uh, a part of what made Bud and Miller and Coors such dominant forces in the industry was that. They also made consistently good product on a massive scale. Uh, smaller breweries, a lot of times, just weren't. Mm -hmm. They were inconsistent at best, and at worst, they were terribly consistent. Emphasis on terribly. <laughs> uh, and uh, Anchor itself was hobbled by antiquated equipment, neglect, and general dumbassery. Um, and they were producing beer that ranged from barely drinkable to, I wouldn't leave that out for the garden slugs, they don't deserve that. Uh, and there's a lesser known man in the story, Fred Kuh. Uh, Kuh had come from California uh, and fallen in love with the city, uh, the beaches, and the concept, just the basic concept of a local beer. Uh, he owned a tavern and was, was one of the few people in the city who actually bought Anchor and then sold it to other humans, which, as I understand, might have been a human rights violation at the time, but nevertheless. Um, but it was based, no doubt, on the idea that this was real San Francisco beer. Um, it probably tasted like slightly sour dishwater, but it was local, baby. <laughs> at, at, a t at a time when local beer was, like, locally made anything was a little bit of a, like, a, an oddity. And this was in a city that was becoming a, a fan of oddities. He got to know Maytag. He knew he came from money, and he was looking and was looking for a vision. And he persuaded him to buy the struggling brewery 
that was at the time producing just 66 barrels of beer per year, which is only slightly, which is only slightly more than I produced in my little home brewery. Um, uh, Jeremy? Yes? Don't admit to committing a crime. <laughs> Legally, you're only allowed 100 gallons a year. Okay, it's a, it's, it's a lot more than I produce, but still. Um, Mad, Maytag took over as head salesman, which uh, gave him the unenviable role of having to peddle beer that had a terrible reputation. Again, to quote Ambitious, um, <clears throat> ambitious Brew, quote, over the next few months, he trudged the streets of San Francisco looking to persuade restaurants, shops, and tavern owners to carry the beer, a task as uphill as the city's terrain. Many people refused to believe it existed, explaining, as if to the village idiot, that Anchor had long, again, long ago shut its doors. No, May, no Maytag would counter. Steam beer and Anchor were very much alive, and he was the owner. No, no, people would say. That brewery's gone. They closed years ago. Uh, they thought... They thought an amused like, Maytag. I do beer sales. I don't know how I would overcome the. <laughs> no, no, that brewery closed down a while ago. <laughs> no, I'm the owner. No, you, you're not hearing me. That brewery closed. I'd be like, yeah, apparently it fucking closed. <laughs> they thought like, an amused. How May- do you overcome that objection? An amused Maytag recollected. Uh. That I was some kind of weirdo, a psychopath, or someone, or someone pretending that I owned a brewery, <laughs> and as and as bad as that was, as bad as that was, it actually was worse when people did remember the beer and did know it was a thing. Again, to quote uh, uh, Ogle's book, as one man with a very thick th- German accent ranted at Maytag, Ja, I know your beer. It is horrible. It is sour. It is terrible beer. I would never serve that beer here. That's an easier objection to overcome <laughs> than fucking... Nope, yeah. that place is closed. <laughs> you, th- you think... I, I think being ranted at it in that accent uh, would be slightly worse. No! <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess you've never had to. Well, you've never had the experience of having to, uh, had the uh, uh, the existence of your brewery questioned. No, yeah, I'm sure you I have been yelled at by plenty say, of bar men. I say, I'm sure you have been accused of making terrible beer. However, <laughs> oh yeah, and you're just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so well, do you want to try this one? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so Maytag decided that well to sell beer. You probably had to make beer people actually wanted to drink. Uh, he set up a makeshift lab in a brewery with a with his like childhood microscope. Uh, studied an old brewing text he called his Bible and joined the Brewers Association of America, a, a a sort of a predecessor to the BA. I mean, this was this was the 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 big trade group of everybody as opposed to the BA, which just does um, which just does uh, craft beer. And really no uh, uh, version of it exists anymore because I don't think there is a trade organization for Budweiser, Miller Coors, or anybody else. Yeah, there is. It's called the Lobbyists in the United States Senators. Okay, there we go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, he joined that and he learned about running a brewery from the likes of Bill Langkugel and Dick Yingling. Um, And he... Moreover, and by the way, those those names you should there there are other names, but I think those two names you probably can pick out. 
Um, One is still family owned. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Moreover, he realized what few people did at the time. Um, At pubs and upscale taverns in San Francisco, he saw people forking over more money for imports. At the time, Julia Child was a force remaking American cooking, bringing European influence into a cuisine that could best be described as severely Protestant. Uh, people were branching out, trying new foods and seeking something beyond corporate labels and the same fizzy yellow water that, as as a review I found in that book uh, about all American beer, um, the only thing it shares in common is that uh, uh, at some point in time, the process involved going through a horse. <laughs> <laughs> by the by the 1980s, uh, following that instinct, Fritz and Anchor started bringing beer styles back from the dead. Um, they started brewing a porter, barley wine, and the first modern India pale ale. They, was it no? It was should have just been a pale ale, not India pale ale. They they they, they consistent in the in. In multiple sources, they they call uh, uh, it Liberty a, Liberty uh, an IPA. The the first, you know, the, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of dead space in between Ballantine and and Liberty, but they call Liberty the first modern American IPA, which sort of makes sense because you look at old English IPAs, a lot of them are labeled as pale ales too. But according. To Anchor's website, shocking, it's still up. Um, it said, we first brewed this beer to celebrate the bicentennial of Paul Revere's ride. We had no idea it would kick off a revolution of its own. Now known as the first American pale ale and the beer that started the IPA movement. It's bright, dry, dry hop and timeless taste has kept the craft standard to this day. They claim it's a pale ale. Suck my ass. It's a pale ale. That listen. Did you know the Heaven's Gate still has a website up? <laughs> so does the original Space Jam movie, <laughs> and that website is in all its nineties like marketing ejaculation glory. I kind of want to go go to, go to there now. Um, well, anyway, okay. Whether you want to call it a pale ale IPA, it's a pale ale. Let's just let's just agree to disagree that it was that it's transformative. Yes, yes. And not to and not to mention their famous Christmas ale. Um, and they even I found out made a beer in 1989 based on the prayer to Ninkasi. Like oh really? Yeah. They they apparently follow the you know uh, if, if you're if you're at all aware basically you take twice baked bread called bapir bread and use that as both the mash and uh, and a yeast starter they brewed that um, uh, back then it was one of the first attempts at like an ancient style beer uh, and they and they also leaned into the weirdness that would later come to define craft beer in, in uh, on that same year. Um, the brewing process uh, for uh, uh, for Anchor Steam was interrupted by an earthquake, and the result was not exactly the same as other batches of Anchor Steam. So they inverted the label and sold it as special release special release earthquake beer. <laughs> um, New Albion, Sierra Nevada, based a lot of what they did on what Maytag was trying to do. So in a sense, 
Maytag kind of created the first blueprint on how American craft beer would find an audience and eventually its own culture. Um, yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it hit its, I think it's, I think it's high watermark was in the, it, the weird thing about Anchor is that it's, it, that it's, it's high point was almost about the time when the rest of craft beer just started kicking off, like the late 80s, early 90s. Um, mm-hmm. uh, things started to go south as early as 2010. Um, uh, Maytag, no longer a young man and likely uh, tired of running a brewery at, uh, for 45 years, um, he sold it in that year to Sky to the Sky Vodka Company. Uh, workplace conditions deteriorated almost immediately um, and continued until uh, the brewery was bought by Sapporo in 2017. As a response, workers elected to unionize in 2019, becoming the first craft brewery to do so. And that and it is advertised on the can, union made. And it pretty much brings us to this summer when the first announcement came out. Um, we covered it briefly on our podcast before we went on break, but uh, the brewery announced that they were pulling out of every market except for California and, most crushingly, were discontinuing the Christmas beer. So... In the whole, like, whirlwind that was Beer Twitter, like, the 24 hours around all this going down, I did see some tweets that confirmed they did a batch of Christmas ale. So, I've heard conflicting reports, because I understand, uh, I, I, I'd seen a couple of sources say that the they had bought the ingredients for the Christmas ale. Mm. Um, in fact, that came out with, uh, uh, Dave Infante's, uh, reporting. And by the way, I just want to take a, I just want to take a minute throughout this story. Uh, I mean, a lot of media sources and not to, not to, to shit on them, but here I go. Uh, they basically took the press release and, you know, and parroted that like, good little corporate lap dogs. Um, but Dave Infante has been doing incredible work uh, uh, getting in contact with current and former uh, employees and has been resurrecting what really, what may be the real story of what's going on. And uh, among the things that came out was, you know, that they, that they said, well, we can't do the Christmas beer this year uh, because of the cost of doing so. And, a few empl- employees said, we already bought the goddamn ingredients. Mm. So that might be where the, where the, give me my fucking Christmas beer then. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's, it's going to be a, it's going it, to, it's, it's going to be a blue Christmas, Tyler. Bastards. Uh, but I mean, so I had saw that again, no one truly knows, outside of the employees, whether a batch got brewed or what. But originally, all the reports that I saw were they were trying to, they called a meeting with all the workers. They were going to announce that they were trying to sell the company. And then that quickly kind of pivoted to uh, at 9 a.m. They're going to tell everyone that they're ceasing operations and liquidating the company. That's I, the fact that Anchor is closing its go- doors for good is not terribly surprising, given where, given its trajectory. Although I assumed 
at the the where we left it at the end of the summer, it would limp along for a couple of years, only distributing in California uh, before just uh, before calling it quits. I don't think I was prepared emotionally or professionally for it to go away. Literally, like was it even was it three weeks after that? Was it even two yeah, weeks? something like that. Yeah, but because July twelfth was the day they announced they were ceasing operations. Uh, uh, but it, yeah, it came out last week with a rather, and it, with a rather cheeky gesture, um, they were flying, uh, the, the anchor, uh, flag upside down from the top of the brewery. Um, a, a, a traditionally, uh, in, in Navy, um, parlance for a ship under immediate distress. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the anchor PR team had apparently had gone into hiding for a bit. Dave Infante claimed to have tried to contact them several times over the of the weeks leading up to the first announcement, but never got anything back until the statement which he got and everybody else got. It read, it it reads thusly: "Quote, unfortunately, today's economic pressures have made the business no longer sustainable, and we had to make the heartbreaking decision to cease operations. It is it's been reported in damn near." Every media operation, pretty faithfully, um, just this release, just the story is out there that is this is yet another victim of the pandemic um, and the shuts, shutdowns that hit San Francisco, especially hard, really just hobbled the brewery and then any number of economic factors that followed finished off. And, you know, I think there might be some truth to that. Anchor was not especially healthy before the sale to Sapporo. I think it was already falling victim in many ways to its own success. Uh, if I'm going to give Maytag credit for starting uh, a lot of what we take for granted in craft beer, uh, I might as well give him, well, blame him for this as well, because uh, Anchor made beer that was revolutionary at the time, but today what they're brewing is ubiquitous to the point of being passe. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they never really tried to keep up with latest trends, and it would have been weird if they tried. Like... For as much as they were doing something new, they were really very steeped in tradition. Um, the labels, up to the Brie brand. We will talk about it, Tyler, I promise. <laughs> Fucking terrible. Evoked, Fucking terrible. Evoked a kind of old-timiness. They were all about, uh, like, digging up and reinvigorating classic American styles that had gone by the wayside. Uh, their only real nod to anything experimental was their Christmas beer um, and the Prairie and Nkasi. But even then, there was a traditional simplicity to the way they went about it. It was usually a traditional style, barley wine, imperial stout, something like that. Lightly flavored with some combination of fruit and herbs. Um, I mean, the, the wonderful part was you had steam style, not a ton of places made. You had their California lager. The Liberty Pale Ale, uh, their porter, their barley wine, and that was really about it for what, like, what made it out into distribution outside of the Christmas sale. Um, I think if in 2017, if they would have come out with a hazy IPA, it would really have the stink of trying too hard. Yeah, and even if they could keep, and if they could even brew that kind of beer with their antiquated equipment, um, um. It was upgraded since Maytag time, but I mean, there seems to be something perpetually like, from what I understand, something perpetually like uh, a janky about their system. Like even when they upgraded, they were still like 20 years, 20 to 50 years behind the rest of uh, the the brewing world. Um, So 
I don't think they could even make anything like like that if they wanted to. Um, but I mean, if it's possible to make it work as spread out as they were and as big as they were, uh, I think they put them right in the middle of the no man's land we talk about all the time. And their business just didn't have the excitement it once did. Um, so mm-hmm. there was definitely some problems leading up to it. But I think this is where we, uh, 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 I think we point out that Dave Infante, again, through some interviews with former and soon to be former employees, they pretty much point the finger directly at Sapporo USA. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did Sapporo do? Well, among the people interviewed for the article was uh, Nate Diaz, uh, a former production worker at Anchor who claimed that Sapporo's biggest cock up was buying the brewery in the first place. Uh, quoted in the article, quote, Sapporo tried to upgrade the facilities to brew Sapporo. We can't brew Sapporo. We just don't have the capacity to do that. I don't know how they didn't fucking realize that. Which is true. Anchor pretty famously brews with open fermentation. Again, it's the basis for their most famous beer. A beer that's a style in and of itself. You cannot brew a Japanese rice lager on that equipment. But you can on stones. (laughs) It's like if you're trying to win an off-road race, so you buy a Ferrari. Yeah, it's a fucking fast car, but you it's just not built to do what you fucking want it to do. <laughs> and I think Sapporo realized when they figured that out, we're buying their time keeping Anchor open until they can find a new horse to buy. And that horse was Stone. And as soon as they could start brewing on Stone system, they were like, why do we need this? I mean, I think you're exactly right. Having realized that their new toy was not at all what they wanted, they did what like every kid does with the Christmas toy in the same situation. They tucked it in the closet and fucking forgot about it. Also, now, you don't have to deal with a union at Stone, but you got a union at Anchor? What's the best way to get rid of a union? Shut down the company. Pretty much. Um, they, But among, I mean, among the other things they did... They, de- they deferred or flat-out ignored maintenance. They fought the formation of the union hard, and they continued to fight them every step of the way after. They had no idea how to manage their stock, so the brew schedule is a complete chaos. Um, to quote an anonymous worker from the article, quote, production schedule is a joke. It changes weekly and on a constant basis. It used to be because of our workforce, which was the excuse. Now it's something else. Tomorrow it will be something else. It's almost as if the bosses can't figure out how to manage our inventory or what we can produce. The one good thing Sapporo did try to do was upgrade, modernize, and automate the aging brew house. But even that was somehow a clusterfuck. Uh, Diaz uh, mentioned one specific instance of this. Um, Sapporo put a new bottling line in um, that was, quote, Ripping the bolts out of the concrete because it wasn't installed correctly. Then you'd have to wait for however long for it to get fixed again. What the fuck? Um, and then came what Infante described as the biggest net misstep. I'm not so sure, but I think you are. The rebrand. From his perspective, it was a fiasco. For me, I don't think it was really that bad, but I don't know. Tyler, you're a marketing guy. What, what was wrong with the rebrand? It, it was disingenuous to the brand they had built. It really kept nothing outside of the logos 
that they had used, that was really all they kept. Like, they didn't keep... They could have modernized and still kept somewhat of an old-timey feel that everyone had come to love with Anchor. Uh, I didn't hate the rebrand on the Liberty, the California Lager, the Porter, but the fucking Steam Beer. They picked the wrong fucking colors. It was like they did a fucking marketing class that was like, oh, yellow attracts the eye on the fucking shelf, so let's do a fucking yellow beer label for our our steam beer, because that'll be what'll help provide this, blah, 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 blah. And it just looks like a fucking twisted tea can. <laughs> I, didn't, I haven't seen the cans. I don't remember. They Didn't they all kind of have the same rebrand? Um because I remember, so, I mean, the California Lager is then green with white, and it has the bear. But it has the same. Liberty is a darker blue with the eagle on it. Yeah, but it's the same basic like design. Yes, and I didn't hate it on the other brands, but this is your flagship brand. And you kept fucking nothing on it. I mean, I don't. The I mean, I I kind of the 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 Porter label is. I think I think they did. I've I just pulled up uh, uh, the the new label uh, on on Google. Um, I think the I think they did what you're kind of describing a little bit more on the porter because the porter kind of has a little bit of like it's got the it's got the calligraphy of the porter um you know along with the uh, along with the anchor it kind of uh preserves some of the old timiness I guess you want to say of the mm-hmm. uh, the previous um much more than that one uh that one does um I don't know. At the, I, 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 I was, I, I didn't have time. I wanted to go back and listen to our episode that we talked about, um, the uh, when we talked about the the, the rebrand to see what our our, our initial um, uh, our initial reactions were. Uh, but I, I'm much less attuned to the, the this type of thing than you are. I, I think I, I just said I, they're kind of ugly, but I'm not sure it's quite the uh the 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 i people on people on twitter lost their shit but if there's the 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 one thing i will say is whenever you change anything like Mm -hmm. classic people are gonna lose their shit whether or not it's a better thing or not and i think if i remember correct i i was never super opposed to this rebrand except how they did anchor steam I mean, it, you're, you're not wrong. Anchor Steam looks like fucking Twisted Tea. Yeah, it's it's not Anchor Steam. Like even buying the fucking can today, I was like, "This isn't Anchor Steam." Like, <laughs> and I bought these at the Boise Co-op, and they had a sign using like the old like Anchor Steam font and logo. I was like, grateful for uh, 127 years of brewing tradition. Nice. Um, I don't know. I whatever you want to say. Um, it didn't do the brand any f- any favors. I mean, at best, you could say it didn't do what they were hoping the rebrand was going to do, which was invigorate the brand. Um, I'm not sure it. I'm not sure it. 
I mean, there's there are more than a couple of uh, articles that say that this is the thing that destroyed Anchor. I'm not sure I buy that the rebrand is what killed Anchor. Uh, no, I think if anything, the rebrand was their last ditch effort, and when that didn't work, it was pull it off life support. I mean, I I I think if your last ditch effort is to rebrand. It's you're 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 hoping for a, a hell of a rebrand success uh, in order to pull you out of a death spiral. I can't. I, I'm sure rebranding has worked in some instances, but it is a hail mary pass. Oh, hundred uh, percent. It, it's really sad because, like, thinking back now, I I remember, you know, Anchor was as I was really starting to get into craft beer. Some of the first beers I actually got. I mean. Yeah, there was, I remember hearing about Anchor and being like, oh, I need to try this Anchor Steam. And I tried it, and then I bought the, bought the Porter, bought the Old Foghorn Barley Wine, bought the Christmas Ale. Uh, we, when we did our Pale Ale at the end, at the summer break of the first season, I went and fucking found Liberty Pale Ale. It was old because, as fuck, but... <laughs> yes, because... I remember having that for the first time and I was like, Oh, this is fantastic. This is hoppy. This is delicious. And, and then now watching that just like crumble, it's, it's kind of sad. Um, I mean, regardless of what you want to say, I mean, it it didn't do it any favors. Uh, and with morale dwindling, people began leaving in droves on the production floor where they would previously have people uh, they, they they anchor inspired a, a admiral a loyalty for many many years but uh, between 2021 and 2022 they were seeing a 60% replacement rate on the production floor um and Damn. upstairs uh, the white collar de- departments marketing sales accounting that kind of thing uh People were leaving and they just weren't being replaced. Uh, one worker said, quote, what needs to be taken into account is the gradual change in numbers. The main people we've seen leave are from upstairs. It's a ghost town up there. Um, and then that brings us to, as you mentioned, the last time fucking Sapporo ruined our summer break uh, when they announced their acquisition of Stone Brewing. And that was kind of it. Uh, Sapporo had the brewery. They always wanted a big, shiny production facility in which to brew rice lager. And that was kind of the end. Although that also makes me very, very concerned about Stone. Because, I mean, if all Sapporo wanted and wants is a brewery to produce Sapporo lager on uh, in the United States, that doesn't especially bode well for Stone either. No, but they'll keep around a couple stone beers that are still selling well, like the Buena Vesa. They'll bring back the Choco Vesa and maybe a couple others and keep just... I, I mean, will doing they? Batches here. If, yeah, as long as they're still selling to keep that money rolling. If, if they're still selling, but two things are not going to happen. Uh, one of the thing, one thing that hasn't happened at Stone in many, many years, that's, and that's innovate. There's nothing that that's going to new that's going to come out of Stone. Um, they're going to, mm-hmm. as near as I can tell, they're going to continue like redoing their greatest hits, like a aging cover band. But 
Stone has this coming for making the delicious IPA, so I feel no remorse for them. <laughs> really, that's that that's that's They get what they get. <laughs> they made delicious IPA, they were dead to you from that moment on. Yep. Even if they just become If Sapporo USA would have called me and been like, Do we kill Stone or Anchor? I would I would have been like, Stone, 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 Stone. <laughs> I mean, why not both? I think they may be primed to do both. Yeah. I mean, but, I think I think Anchor more directly. They've I think Sapporo has you know taken Anchor in front of us all and beheaded it in front of a in front of the audience. Stone, they're going to kind of keep it into a cell and and bleed slowly until at some point in time you're going to you and I are going to look at each other and go, "When's the last time you've seen anything from Stone?" And we're going to Google it, and it's going to be like, yeah, uh, Sapporo shuttered them three years ago. And we're going to be like, huh. Exactly. I mean, it will, or or they'll still have, like, a little brew house in, in San Diego, but otherwise, you know, they all they all they do is produce Sapporo for for the American market, which I didn't... Also, I don't know how, how big the demand for Sapporo is here, but um, I guess every sushi restaurant in this in in the in the country needs some kind of beer sake bombs <laughs> <laughs> um so what does the future hold i i think uh, given the history of anchor uh, that we've talked about i think there are there are people holding out hope that once again some forward-thinking entrepreneur with a pile of money will just appear out of nowhere save the brewery and bring it back to where it was and while I would love to believe that idea as well, I, my sense is just it's not going to happen. I mean, for, for one reason... There as, is actually a guy there trying to do it who has already done it before. I, Well, I mean, for well, as you mentioned earlier, like, they already tried to offload it, right? Um, and names like Sierra Nevada and Boston Beer Company were floated around. Uh, it's unclear if they were actually considering the deal or if they were just spitballing but regardless i think one thing we can say for sure is that prospective deals with a bigger with another craft brewery did not materialize but i mean who are you talking about oh this is an article from forbes that came out uh there is a man named mark hellendrung interesting uh he is the president of narragansett beer ah, out of okay. rhode island uh so Back in 2005, he rounded up a group of investors and purchased the Rhode Island brewery, Nergaset. I'm butchering that name, I know. Uh, Nergaset, I think is how you pronounce it, yeah. Uh, from Pabst. Uh, and since 2005, has grown it into the 27th largest craft brewery in America. Uh, so, based on this prior success, uh, his fond memories of Anchor, he came out and basically started a petition that said, let's stand together and save Anchor Brewing Company. Uh, he is trying to round up people, uh, if he can, to buy in uh, and try to buy Anchor off of Sapporo and bring it back to life if they have the opportunity and the right group of investors is willing to invest. Well, that, I mean, so what I came across, um, 
the same story, but um, a different angle. I mean, so I found uh, a change.org petition that was started by uh, Nergaset Brewing. Um, basically, it, it was, it had, it had, they were trying to round up 7,000 signatures in order to uh, save uh, Anchor Steam, basically citing what you just what you just said, the fact that, that they mm-hmm. managed to uh, uh, pull this brewery out of insolvency, you know, right right before the end, and they would like to do the same with Anchor Brewery. Um, right at last, I checked, it, which is a little over 5,000 signatures, uh, uh, 5,000 out of 7,000. But the problem is, if it, even if it hits seven thousand, I'm not sure. You got to get Sapporo to play ball. Well, I'm not sure if you. I say I'm not sure what that does because I, I mean it just means that it. I guess it means that seven thousand people don't want Anchor to fail, which I think is nice, but that doesn't change the fact of anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, seven thousand people saying. Yeah, you know, if you got even if you got seven thousand people to go to Sapporo and say, "Hey, please save the brewery," I believe a Japanese businessman uh, is going to come out and say, "Fuck you," and go back inside and stab someone with a samurai sword. As 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 is their as is their culture. Yes, that's. I think they have they in 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 Japanese corporate culture. You actually have a stabbing person. Yeah, I I mean I feel like. The person who was managing Anchor at Sapporo USA should have to uh, commit. Fuck, what's the. Sapuku. Re- re- Sapuku should have to commit that for their failing. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I would let them kill Anchor to watch that. Um, and actually, there's yet another name that's come out of the woodwork. Um, his name is Mike Wash. According to the an article on MSNBC, um, Wash has also uh, been trying to gather investors uh, to buy and save the brewery. Um, uh, he's he what I what what little I figured out is he's a man of some means, you know, a a, a, a an investment banker or something of the like, and who didn't get on a submersible to go see the who, Titanic? Who didn't? Yeah, who 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 wants to? Uh, who wants to? Uh, see, some rich people are worth keeping around, Jeremy. Which which I mean, he wants he wants to watch something go under, but not be on there with it. <laughs> <laughs> and no, uh, death to all billionaires. I stand by that. I stand by that. I'm not sure Mike Wash is a billionaire, but um, but I stand by that. Um, and and all, by the way. Even if he does like miracle this shit, uh, if he gets the investors, buys Anchor, um, well, first of all, I'm not. Sh- I mean, let me ask you a question. All right, if you're if you're sitting on, let's say a a uh, a washing machine fortune, do you Fritz may take not this shit? Nope, 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 no, uh, <laughs> no. Uh, but <laughs> why not? Um, I mean, why? I mean, if you if you had if you had the money and the connections, why wouldn't you go out there to save to save Anchor? Because if you go out and let's say you drop a hundred million dollars on it, just drawing out spitball number. Okay. Uh. You'll see a nice little like hurrah boost. We saved anchor. 
being generous for the first year. Come year two, now everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's just Anchor. It's on a new owner. Yep, there's same old, same old. Also, if you do and you're like, we need to innovate, we're going to start doing a hazy IPA. Everyone's going to be like, I don't want a hazy IPA from Anchor. I don't trust that. Like, that's just fucking weird. I want the same old shit from them. It's trying too hard, yeah. But, but I'm not going to buy that same old shit because it's boring. Outside that <laughs> one year where I just feel, so it's a fucking lose-lose. It's a fucking money pit. I don't blame Sapporo for doing this. Also, selfishly, now that this is gone, the brewery I work for has 19 twos. Anchor Steam had 19 twos. Guess what's going to be a hole in some sets now that I can go try to fucking plug? <laughs> with 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 uh, 19 twos. Yeah. Like like Anchor Steam. I I I, I remember you had. They sold Anchor Steam in 19 twos. Who the fuck yep, wants a 19 two? Of, some gas stations. Who wants a fucking 19 two of Anchor Steam? I don't know. I I never seen anyone buy one, but. They were on the shelf, so now I can go in and be like, hey, that biz- that's no longer in business. Let's get that off the shelf, get my shit on, and it'll do better. <laughs> I mean, to, to, a same, I, to a same extent, I mean, I, I, there's a part of me that, that, that if, it, if, if I had stupid billionaire money, like, you know, uh, eccentric billionaire, I fly around the world in a fucking balloon and have trained a, a, an ocelot as a, as a, 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 a tea service uh, servant. So you're Elon Musk. Do you buy Twitter or do you buy Anchor? I mean, Anchor would be less of a shit show. <laughs> You'd probably lose less money, too, by the way. <laughs> I mean, if if I got Elon Musk money, yeah, fuck, I buy I, I buy Anchor and it becomes a vanity project. Um, I only sell it to me and the <laughs> bars and restaurants I want to go to, <laughs> and only if it's served by an orangutan. You have to have an orangutan there. <laughs> when you buy the cake, you get a trained orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean, if we're talking Elon Musk money, yeah, then I I buy Anchor and I do something weird with it. If I'm, but if I have, if I have rich person's money, but I still need this thing, if I, I still need this this business to survive and make money so that I don't lose everything, you're not. I mean, I think you hit it pretty well on the head. Is that I, I mean, even, d- despite the, I think despite what Sapporo, what the Sapporo did. Well, I don't know. Uh, I mean, let me ask you this question. I mean, there's it, it's been tossed around. Dave Infante has definitely said that the the death of Anchor was not, you know, it was 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 not um, inevitable, right? Um, this was, I mean, this was a death by a thousand cuts from a terrible corporate owner. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think. Sapporo not knowing how to run a craft brewery really just put it on the road to destruction and then the pandemic all the issues associated with everything after that really just kind of sped up that path and I think 
if someone were to buy it and revive it, I think there is a path where you could bring it back to relevancy. It would never be a major player, but it would be you could get back up to where it was sitting in 2010, 2015, somewhere in there. But it's going to be a long road and a lot of work from that owner. Well, and I, I mean, I, you're, and I think you're to a certain extent you're going to ha- you're going to have to Fritz Maytag that shit because mm-hmm. I, I think I think the instinct to pull back and just sell in you know, in, in your local market, you know, maybe just distribute to, to California is not a terrible idea. Uh, I, and I, and I think like making it just a, just this like traditional local beer, I think you could, I think you could make it work in that state, uh, mm-hmm. as something, and, and especially as something that's kind of unique, uh, People coming coming in from out of state, going, holy shit! I remember Anchor Beer; it's still here. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. I'll take a couple pints of that. Uh, so you'll, I think you'll get you'll you'll get a decent amount of tourist trade, and and I mean, but I think what you're talking about is like donation. That that brewery is never going to make a shit ton of money. It if you're lucky, it makes enough to support itself. Yeah, it it breaks even every year. Or just doesn't. But you're you're n- never seeing that money that you put in again. Um. And well, I mean, and, well, and what if you and, and what if you did try to like, okay, we're gonna go in, we're gonna start producing hazy IPAs, we're gonna start producing like a sort of West Coast IPAs. I mean, does that does that kill it itself or? I think you almost gotta take the Boston beer approach with this. You start where you're doing these hazies and these one-offs and these more new school stuffs in tap room only, and then you regionally distribute it, still staying in California, but just kind of around to the Bay Area. And then you grow that a little bit more. And then, you know, your top out of what you keep trying, now you, you send to this state. Now you send to this state. And and it's a process of four or five years where you're finally releasing like a nationwide hazy IPA for that, but it's it'll never be your bread and butter. I and again, I feel like it would just have the stink of trying too hard. I mean, Sierra Nevada has been able to do it, um, but I keep on in my mind when I think about. Uh, anchor the the other brewery that comes to mind is North Coast, right? Mm-hmm. That has also somehow managed to keep on producing more or less the same beers they've been producing for the past I don't know twenty some odd years. You know they've got their they've got their uh, uh, I mean their their workhorse uh, old Rasputin, their Imperial mm-hmm. Stout, your uh, Scrimshaw, your Prankster. Yeah. Brother Thelonious. Um they do a couple of like special released IPAs. I think they've released the Hazy, but it was never really Talk about someone who needs a fucking rebrand too. <laughs> well, 
well, I mean, what would the North Coast rebrand look like? Probably fucking terrible, but... <laughs> but that's the thing. Can, I mean, if you took... if Was there any, like, rebranding of Anchor that would make people on Twitter go, Oh my god, that's so much better. I'm gonna drink a thousand of those now. No. You do a rebrand to try to stop the bleeding. A re a rebrand is a bandage. So you're trying to stop people from not picking up your beer. How is the uh, how how is your company's rebrand going over the past couple of years, by the way? <laughs> Good. <laughs> We've actually seen a a bump from it. I mean, there's there's a uh, there's a difference. I mean, yours was your your branding wasn't quite as iconic as like say anchors, but no. And <laughs> I just yeah, it just it just occurred to me like like yeah, rebranding that's the last ditch effort of a failing company. How is you? <laughs> uh, my company didn't quite do it because we were failing, but. <laughs> I mean, there are other. The, the, I think the point I was getting at it was there are other reasons yes. to do a rebrand. Sometimes it just sometimes yeah. just a, a a new fresh look is just a good thing. But I, I think when you're but again, that's you're usually trying to do that new fresh look because sales have stagnated or s- dropped, so they're slowing. So you're trying to get them to either bump a little bit or plateau and not drop any further then uh is that because if you're truly if your sales are still growing you're not going to fucking rebrand new belgium's not going to come out and rebrand the fucking stupid skeleton yet yet exactly now if in three years the voodoo line is fucking flat or shrinking. You bet your ass that skeleton's getting a fucking makeover. They're putting skin on that son of a bitch. Finally, probably <laughs> little touch-ups here or there. Um, yeah. Uh, I, the 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 other thing I I so far it really hasn't happened except for in one instance. Um, but I'm bracing myself for. Uh, for uh for for this inevitable thing to happen um uh, uh only the new york post has has launched on this but um i keep on waiting for the the uh the hate farmers uh to to get this which was uh which is the inevitable um uh because they were union because they were in san francisco uh uh, they were doomed to fail because socialism woke, socialism, socialism, woke, woke, socialism, uh. socialism, woke, 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 socialism, woke, socialism, and also woke. Um, I don't really want to dignify uh, that with a response other than uh, go fuck yourself and drink Budweiser or whatever you're drinking these days. I'm sorry. I know you don't, you're, you're not still not drinking Budweiser. Uh, because uh, go drink Modelo because it's definitely not owned by the same fucking company. It's owned by the same fucking company, not distributed by the same company, but owned by the same company. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just had yeah. to. <laughs> no, they're gonna go drink a Bushlight because that's different. That is definitely different. Um, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, that's about all. Anything else? Do you have anything else to eulogize? Uh, anchor steam to the, on this evening. You'll be fondly remembered 
And it was good while it lasted. Now let's make room. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it's it's one of many, many beers that had its... I don't... The, the weird thing is that when I thought about it, Anchor was really never a part of my craft beer uh, education. The only beer I'm going to be sad about is that fucking Christmas beer. The Christmas beer hurts. The I mean that was that was pretty much the death of Anchor as far as I was concerned. Anyway, like if Sierra Nevada goes to auction and buys the IP for Anchor and only releases an Anchor Christmas beer every year, that is the fucking play. Um, I I suppose like long term, I'm a little bit worried about the style itself because I'm kind of a geek. Um. I could see a a set of circumstances evolving that basically, you know, um, that in the coming years, you know, everybody brews a, you know, basically an anchor steam clone as kind of a as kind of a farewell to anchor, and then nobody does. Anchor sorts of fades into history, and nobody remembers the California Common. Just kind of like nobody remembers the Kentucky Common, and except for a few years ago when everybody brewed one. So maybe that's what's going to happen. And like, uh, actually, I I've ran into a couple Kentucky Commons this year in my travels. Again, well, there it's it, like the past two, one or two years, it's seen a resurgence, which is mm-hmm. strange to me. I'm not, and I I don't know where it came from. I know that Oscar Blues pr- produced a Kentucky Common, like some that was f- five years ago. That was longer than that because I was still working at the shop with you. Was it longer? Okay, I guess it might be about six years. Well, it'd be five or six years ago. Uh, I've been doing beer rep for over six years now. Okay, so shit. Have we have have have, have we known each other getting on a decade? Yep. Oh, that's just getting sad and depressing. Uh, <laughs> I but I uh, but I I do see like a situation where like like the the simple idea of a warm fermented amber lager just kind of fades away. And that's, that's the end of it. Uh, will it happen immediately? No. Will it happen in, 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 in the immediate future? No. What it'll probably just be, uh, you and I still doing this podcast because we're too, we're both too stubborn to stop. Um, in like, 40 years. No, it'll just be because we're, we're in the retirement home and we didn't <laughs> know it was still recording. We're, they just, they're, they're just put like this, like put like not even microphones. They just put, put like corn on a cob in front of us. And they're like, yeah, it keeps them busy. They just talk to each other. They, they, they think they're on a podcast. What's a podcast? Well, like years ago before you could like, like beam thoughts into your, into each other's heads. You had to like record them and people like they did, like they talked about crime a lot for some odd reason. And, and it was kind of stupid. And there was a, there was a bald muscle guy that was basically telling everybody to eat nothing but uh, a pure protein and never take a vaccine. And also like inject like goo in your eyes for some reason (laughs) and smoke a lot of weed. Uh, masturbate like five times every second for maximum maleness. I don't, I don't actually listen to Joe Rogan, but I think that's what's basically on his podcast. <laughs> I was trying to figure out who you were talking about. I was like, who's this bald guy saying you just eat pure protein? Like, 
I think that's what Joe Rogan is. I think I'm not entirely sure. I've only listened to a couple. I've listened to a couple of his things when he's talking to someone else. I listen to, but uh, otherwise, I, I don't really. My dick works, so I don't need to listen to him. I have I, I, it. Denstrably works. I have a kid. It you know still comes up and functions when I need it to. I I when it stops doing that, maybe I'll I, I will poke in and see what uh, what he has to say. You are raising your kid. No one <laughs> has proof whether he is yours or not. You've seen him. You've seen his hair. I have used that. <laughs> I, I used to use that anymore. I, there is no there is no denying it. You put me and him next uh, to the, 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 the... I definitely fathered that child. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, before we get off... Uh, uh, way off into the weeds, I'll... I, I, like I, I, like I started to say before I kind of trundled off out into the corner, I, I, Anchor was like never a big part of, of my craft beer education, my craft beer experience. Um, but we're losing, well, we're not losing a big, a, a big part of, a, of the craft beer tradition is ending unless something really weird happens. But even if it does, and it continues to function. I feel like this is still the end of an era, um, and probably necessarily so. Um, we're 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 sort of past the time. And I was even reading an article that basically it didn't say hazy IPAs were the cause of Anchor Steam's demise, but it was. But they were saying that. Oh yeah, well you know, and and gone and gone are the nice, nice traditional styles, and all you can get is hazy IPAs anymore. All American beer is now like turbid and way too hoppy. You know, it was like you're not saying that IPA that hazy IPA killed Anchor, but you're not not saying that either. But you're saying it. But you're saying it. <laughs> and while it would have been while it would have been especially uh, uh, satisfying to uh, uh, to to look at anchor as being a, a, a continuation of tradition that goes way back to uh, pre prohibition. I guess we still have Yingling. Uh, they haven't been bought by anybody yet. Yet. No, they just partnered with Molson Coors partnered, which is it's different. It's like, it's they're they're they're, they're giving each other hand jobs instead of one definitely fucking the other <laughs> for now. Fair enough. For now, um, oh, someone gets bored with getting a hand job. <laughs> um, uh, uh, anchor, I uh, we, we 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 barely knew ye. Uh, you. You 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 produced apparently god awful beer and then very good beer and then I guess nothing at old all. Old beer, huh? And then <laughs> old beer. How how? But when when was that beer produced? By the way, what, what is the, what, does it have a date on the can? Uh, package five seventeen twenty three. Not not bad at all then. Uh, wow. And I I suppose we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, and this uh, this has been a special summer edition of It's All Beer. If you want to get a hold of us, um, we're we're on Facebook and Instagram where we uh, occasionally post pictures of shit. When we're not on summer break, again we're 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 coming back to do this because of Sapporo. Fuck Sapporo. Um, I'm fucking up my summer break, Sapporo. <laughs> What what's gonna what 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 are, they, what are they gonna do a year from now to fuck up our summer break? Like explode? <laughs> All of the summer just gonna explode. 
I would come and back. If they fuck it up again, I buy the ticket to Japan. <laughs> I would, I would go back from summer break for that and be like, uh, "This is a special episode, Philbeer. Tyler's not here uh, because he's sitting in a Japanese prison uh, uh, under terrorist charges for trying to blow up Sapporo." <laughs> Here's my, uh, but here's my new co-host, uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he can afford to bail me out. And uh, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, um, you can send us an email. Uh, uh, it's all beer at gmail.com. Uh, and so, uh, again, uh, signing off, this time for real, unless something really weird happens, and it better not... I don't know. What would be, be weird enough for us to do another epi- midsummer episode? I, I, I <laughs> you're like, you're like, I can barely be buggered to do this. Well, that's uh, that'll be quite enough for <laughs> us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. Uh, rest in peace, Anchor. <laughs>